Welcome to another episode of ISPM Talks. I am your host, Marcela Hoffman-Mourão. Today I bring you another work produced by an ISPM student. If you remember, ISPM Talks started after I asked my students in qualitative research to conduct interview and record a podcast. We already heard the work of Lena Hallensleben talking about students as game changers. Now, it's Sebastian's Waring's turn. Sebastian is now in his last year of ISPM, but I really wanted to show the interview he conducted last year with his sister, Mika Warings, on the intersectionality of race, gender, and inequality in sport. His introduction draws on the work of Susan Bending on historical perspective on gender in sports, of Eric Anderson on orthodox masculinity, gender segregation in sport, and of Owen Trollen on the impact of the media on gender inequality within sport. So let's get to it. Okay, so um, before I start my podcast, um, I conducted a literature review on a topic I find very interesting and a topic which I feel like it's a continuous conversation in sport, which is inequality and discrimination in sports at all level. The literature review starts off by introducing the topics and using an example between how there is inequality in sports, even at elite level. For example, um, the highest paid NBA player, Steph Curry, who received a salary of 40 million annually, compared to the highest paid WNBA player, who's Dana Wanabona, um, who receives 127,000 annually. Uh, this is a huge disparity between pay and one of the examples of inequality in sports. Again, another example I used to start off my literature review is there's only been nine black Premier League coaches in the 150-year history of the Premier League, which is an English uh, elite football division, the top division, and there have been no female coaches, which shows a lack of opportunity for certain races and gender at the top level. So just go to dive into my body paragraphs for my literature review, I look at certain factors which can affect or cause such inequality and discrimination in sport, which includes um, the impact of media on gender inequality in sport. As we know, media has a big part on re the representation of certain genders or people or races in sport, which can play a big part in sporting opportunities. Um, for example, this study in this body paragraph looks at how Western society is homogenic uh, towards males, which means that media representation and support will mostly be covered by males too, which can also limit and kind of be detrimental to female progression in sport, but not only female progression, but also any kind of minorities. Uh, the article goes on to continue to explain how uh, the media underrepresents women and because women are not seen to play sports due to their biological uh, makeup that uh, media feels like men are more suited to be covered in sport. And the next uh, article I use in my literature review uh, talks about the effect of discrimination on sporting opportunities. Uh, this study uh, conducted surveys to help understand how young boys and girls are across Europe look at certain sports and how much they participate in sports. There's a higher amount of boys who take part in clubs outside of school in Europe compared to girls. And there's a lot more uh, disparity between the genders in what sport they feel like is suited for them. So in this example, they use boxing and 40% of males believe boxing was uh, 
not suited for, for females and 26% of girls stated that it wasn't suited for females. So this shows there's a kind of a gap and disparity in mentality between uh, genders in what they believe is a male sport or female sport, which again, I believe is not the right way to see it. And my last body slash study that I analyzed in my literature review is discrimination and gender inequality historically. So I look at historical context given to me by this study to see how it shaped discrimination inequality in sport. And it wasn't until the 1960s called the second wave of feminism where female participation in sport really took off. And this study claims it to be due to the increase in female scholars and education amongst females. So there were more women in powerful positions allowing there to be more framework, more uh, female-based theories slash help, and even idols for people to model themselves after so they can grow. So after I analyze these three academic journals, I come to a conclusion where I say um, inequality between genders and race and ethnicity in sport is a byproduct of many different factors, such as media representation, attitude and programming among schools in the historical context, which is carried out into areas such as the sports sector. The majority of the human population faces discrimination and inequality in sport in some way or form, which has led to my research question, which is how has societal sexism transferred over into sport and hindered the development of female athletes in the quality of sport? So to start my podcast, I am Sebastian Waring, and today I am joined by my sister Mika Waring, who played countless sports during her time in school, including softball, volleyball, track and field, basketball, football, touch rugby and swimming. She was a captain of high school varsity football team at the age of 12. She won athlete of the year three times and several Southeast Asia sports association competition, which is like the biggest competition you have for kids at youth level in Southeast Asia. She played for the Chumburi uh, Thai team, professional team for five years between the ages of 13 and 18. She played for her university, which is City London University, first team football team. And she was the captain and led the team to first first division title. She also was university foosball captain and played two years of semi-pro in England. Now she manages uh, marketing of athletes worldwide. So with me today, Mika Ray. Hi, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. How are you doing? Not too bad myself. So uh, to start this podcast, I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, actually, before we that, I'll give you some facts to help show how there is inequality in sport. So, did you know that there were 12 female football teams compared to 20 male teams in the English top division? So, the Premier League compared to the Women's Premier League. And the males' uh, side of football also has four other elite divisions competing compared to there only being one uh, women's top division in England. Again, just to show the inequality there. Um, you, I'm not sure if you heard, but there's a huge disparity in pay amongst WNBA and NBA. So Steph Curry earns 40 million salary a year compared to the top paid uh, WNBA player who only earns $127,000 a year. Wow. Wow. So to start off, I want to ask you a question. Do you feel like inequality and discrimination are factors which have affected sports negatively? 200%. I feel like even from the media, you consume from a young age, I love football. I've always been so into it, but the only gender of football I ever watched was male. And I remember asking my dad as a young girl, like, why is there no female football? Why, you know, why is there no 
advertisements about it. And he's like, oh, I don't know, not really, like, it's not really a thing. And the thing is, it's been going on this whole time. There's just so much of a less budget for it. So it's really not as amped up and it's really not as excitable as the male Premier League. And I think that's why, like, even as a woman growing up, um, my icons and idols were always males. They were never really females unless it had something to do with the Olympics because they wouldn't get much coverage, especially growing up in Asia. Um, it was even more difficult to watch those kind of things. Do you feel like that was damaging towards your success in sports or your growth? Yeah, I really do think so. I think that it just gives everyone this whole perception that sports aren't really for women and it's kind of like an outlier if you're good so even from a young age um i remember one of my first overseas competition i actually played with a bunch of boys however i was put in a division younger because i just thought it'd be appropriate because i was a girl however even when i was on a team it would be even though i was a good player and did show my skills uh they didn't want to pass to me and that was just kind of like the metaphor for the rest of my life. It didn't matter how much I played or my credentials. As soon as I play with a group of boys I've never played before, they'll look at me as the, the player they don't really want to pass to, you know, the, the yeah. risky one. I actually remember that because I was in the same team because I am two years younger than you. So I was in the younger division or the younger team at the mm -hmm. time. So I remember when you came down and I was kind of confused because, of course, you were a great player. But I yeah. thought programming might have a lot to do with that which leads to my next question how does school programming or programming as a child affect your attitude and view of certain sports so as i mentioned in one of my studies or uh, my studies mentioned actually they said that uh, a lot of females believe boxing was not suited for females which of course comes from programming right yeah. so what do you what do you think about that um i think it definitely uh influences it a lot i feel like even some of the sports titles i played like i played touch rugby in school um my whole life and you know we never really questioned why i was a contact it was just it was just something that was there put in place given to us and it just kind of set this whole atmosphere of like women are delicate you know which yeah. really isn't it's like we know how to fight and stuff like that and i I also feel like the thing is, growing up in Asia, I feel like it was much better than uh, other other schools. But for example, if I ever wanted to not play during my extracurriculum time and I wanted to play during lunchtime and play with the boys, they wouldn't want to play. They wouldn't want to play with me. It would be more like there were set things, set activities for the different genders to do. And if the girls would play with them, they would have this perception that it would be less intense or less fun. and. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely get that. And I've seen examples of that throughout my sporting career too as well. So my next question is, um, during your time as a professional athlete, do you feel like discrimination played a part in your development and success? Yeah. You know, I would say that what really stunted my development overall and probably one of the reasons why I wasn't, uh, I didn't go full-blown professional for a long time it was just because uh, after we moved from Thailand and I wanted to keep playing in Poland, um, they had a boys team who would have great training. However, they did not have a girls team 
And I remember getting to my training and playing and one of the coaches was like, listen, this is recreational. Can you take it down a bit? And I was just thinking like, what, what am I meant to do with this? But that was literally like, they had their focus. They had their priority sports girls was netball and lacrosse, which is quite typically known to be like girly sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't space or budget or patience to even try and attempt to take girls more seriously in other sports. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, that, that answer is actually perfect because it also leads to my next question, which is um, during your career, did you feel like there was more attention, effort, and resources spent on the male team slash division compared to the female? Yeah, I think that was always, like, even from the scheduling, something as simple as the scheduling. When we would go into finals, um, you know, the girls wouldn't have the nicest pitch. However, the boys would all, the men, sorry, would always have the center pitch when all the other sports were done, just to make sure that they could have the biggest audience. Yeah. And it's something as simple as that, but it really teaches you and conditions you from a young age that, uh, you know, there are priorities in entertainment and in exposure that people really want to see men, and it's more intense, even if that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, completely. And I completely agree with that. which leads to my, one of my last questions for you. Um, how has the media or how has media representation of certain races and sexes affected the development of sporting opportunities in your opinion? So I'll give you an example. Um, oh. I've done a study last year, my first year university, where I looked at how the media describes different types of players. And for example, they would use physical descriptors with white uh, male athletes as very skilled, high IQ uh, master of the game but when it came to black yeah. athletes they would use descriptions such as god-given um, abilities um, extremely athletic uh, yeah just basically minimizing their actual skill and kind of hyping up their talent which they really had no say or take on you know what I mean so yeah. what's, the, what's your opinion on that on media, represent- media representation of certain races and sexes um, so I'm just going to start, first of all, with race, and then I'm going to move on to gender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think primarily with race, because of your skin color, especially if you're uh, a person of color, then there are specific positions that you're kind of expected to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did feel the consequences of this and like team politics when I move around so much and I would start over in a new country, like as we did so much then. And it would just be the kind of the first things that people would assume, like I was a winger, I was going to be center mid, you know, like I had the endurance, I had the speed. And I'm actually, I, I do have the speed. Okay. However, that um, I would have so much preferred them to, to get that from, you know, witnessing me play rather than the media consumption that they have about like our race and different yeah. race. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was with race and I also I also feel like um, when it comes down to really uh, important games people just kind of use your race against you and like I know you've suffered with people for example saying the n-word to you and trying to rile you up the best way possible however they would never do that to I mean they couldn't really do that to the white players and things like that um, so I guess it's just a way for the audience and the people you're playing against to use it against you and get in your head 
for different uh, games. Um, however, with gender, sorry, can you repeat the question, please? Yeah, no problem. So um, my question was, how has a media representation of certain races and sexes affected the development of sporting opportunities? Yeah. Uh, and I really feel like budgeting in the media for female competitors this really sets the tone for girls all around the world because we don't really have any inspiration. Like there's this whole thing of representation and yeah. men always have this argument like, yeah, but you know, it's on TV. Like, why don't you just watch it? And that like, you, that's true. However, they're not given nearly the same amount of budget. You know, like you can't be into it if you try because you don't you don't really know the players. And it's gotten much better in recent times. People have put in effort, but um, it still just comes from this whole perspective where they're really prioritizing the men's game. And I am happy to see some progress in the last like half decade. Uh, yeah. However, it doesn't really give young girls lots of inspiration. Um, lots of inspiration when you know like me they're trying to pursue a sport um it's much easier to follow and be inspired by the male athletes because you grow up watching them they're always on tv and i like girl games are only really shown if there's nothing else to be watched and i feel like once again women are in this position where they've had to fight for the same level of respect and exposure that men get but um, I would like to just kind of add a positive that I do feel like it's getting better. And I do feel like, uh, you know, with time or hopefully when I have children, even it would be more of like an equal thing where um, the games, maybe they don't get the same amount of hype, but, you know, you're both, you're, if you're into the sport, you're as, as aware of both genders. And that's kind of my hope. Exactly. That was a great point. And I feel like, the fact that we're having this conversation now does show improvement while yeah. reflecting and discussing on where we see areas can be improved and where areas just are not completely right right of now i just wanted to add um you were talking about how you felt like race played a big part in the position you played in sport i felt that especially too when i was younger i always I was always put on the wing like you said um because again when you when i when you pass a physical eye test and you see someone like me you're gonna think okay long athletic fast on the wing when I was a natural striker that was my best position yeah. I would get goals even though I wasn't the fastest I was always on the wing so that was kind of negative and really kind of hindered my mentality sometimes I, I felt defeated yeah. well this leads to my uh, research question uh, which is um, how has societal sexism transferred over into sports and hindered the development of female athletes and the quality of sports so before I ask um, for your opinion on that, um, I feel like from this podcast and from the review, I can uh, add a few points. So I feel like, yes, definitely societal sexism has hindered the development of female athletes due to the mentality um, they developed because of it. And we see this as female, we're not, females weren't allowed to take part in sport until much later on in, uh, in time. Because again, if you look at the military, there were no, uh, until recently, there weren't a lot of many female uh, um, military personnel because it wasn't seen or meant for female, right? Same with sport. And I feel like that carried over into sport, that kind of prejudice and that kind of stereotype that women, like you said, are fragile or weaker than men, which is not completely true. 
So, um, yes, I feel like it definitely has carried over. Um, I feel like a lot of people use biological traits to judge whether a gender is suited for a sport, which you can't do because, again, I don't really believe there is a... I don't really believe you can narrow down someone to a sport based on their biological attributes because I feel like if me personally as a person I've always believed that there's a rule there's a way and you can put you can yeah. do anything you put your mind to and I feel like you know that about yeah. me so I completely disagree yeah. with that as well but I feel like that definitely has carried over into sport with a lot of people mm -hmm. and you can see this with a lack of women in powerful coaching and managerial positions also lack of diversity like I mentioned the lack of black mm -hmm. coaches in the Premier League same with females and uh, my last point I want to include, uh, conclude with is that studies have also shown that Western society is very homogenic, which I have said before, which yeah. has proven stubborn to change and uh, more women media coverage in sport. I feel like if women had greater media coverage in sport, it would become more of a norm. And I think we need to try and install that to help grow the female side of sport and female participation in sport. So yeah. can you add anything else to that or... Um, so yeah, I actually have a lot to say about that. I feel like, you know, um, I'm not sure if you watch the TV series Mad Men, but that takes around in like 1950s America and uh, marketing is a good place to focus here because, you know, marketers create needs or desires for people. However, they also tell narratives of, you know, which products and lifestyles are meant for which genders, and I feel like it wasn't so long ago that we were being told, you know, a woman's only job really is to nurture and take care and cook and clean. And um, it, I would say it's just like, especially in sports, you still feel like the repercussions of that because as a woman, you know, I'm naturally competitive mm -hmm. and I don't mind getting aggressive. However, because of that, I'm made to feel masculine and I'm made to feel like, you know, these are traits that I shouldn't have. And yeah. that, that is kind of embedded in our system and our way of thinking. And we, we have kind of, we're really growing out of this. I, I, I feel like I've noticed a change yeah. or I don't know if that just came with maturity and age of how, you know, the media was, um, uh, giving us the wrong perceptions and misleading us. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there are gender roles still and they do affect football and sports and race too, you know, as you were saying, like you deal with certain stereotypes because of your race and now all of a sudden because of your gender too. And it just, it just, if you're not feeling like a battle, you yeah. won't be feeling like changing girls perceptions. You won't be feeling like challenging the norm. And especially as the woman, like you said, you know, with with uh, men, there's all this motive for all this high pay and all of this fame and sponsorships and endorsements. And don't get me wrong, you still get the sports uh, sponsorships and endorsements as a woman, but it's just not the same thing. the The end goal isn't the same. the The glory isn't the same. And I feel like because of that, it kind of just translates to the narrative of you know it's less important and yeah. women are women are biologically created for something different yeah. which isn't the case you know if people would call me uh, aggressive on the pitch or competitive I would always think would you say this to the guys 
You know, would you say yeah. to the guys who are literally starting fights and crying their eyes out when they lose? No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You would say he's in love for the game. Exactly. So why, why, why is it any different? You know, like why why do we allow these narratives to continue, and why do we associate certain traits with specific genders? That never made sense to me. Um, yeah. Can yeah. You, sorry. I just want to make sure. I think I have some other points. So can you repeat the question one more time? Yeah, no problem. Uh, I just want to, before I repeat the question, I feel like that was a great point to make too, because also sport at, at this essence is meant to promote unity, um, uh, coming together as a community, having fun, um, equal opportunity, and competition at a natural slash healthy level, which sport has failed to do so. So the question is, again, my recent question is, um, how has societal sexism transferred over into sports and hindered the development of female athletes and the quality of sports? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it, it's just, you know, one of those things that, like with race and the kind of societal hierarchies that we have and the stereotypes that we have, you yeah. really see it translated in something that is known to be male-dominated. And um, I feel like, yeah, just going on about the coverage and all of that, I feel like there needs to be more uh, budget and more priority put on making it equal and realizing that there aren't gender roles, there aren't specific career paths you should pursue as a woman or a man. Like, and that's what I'm really happy about with these times when people are questioning what is masculinity? You know, yeah. what, is, what is a modern day masculine man? And what is he in this time? And because of conversations like that, I guess people are becoming more aware of the fact that, you know, specific personality attributes don't have to be just for one gender. And it's unfair to make somebody feel masculine, a woman feel masculine for being competitive, for being aggressive. And, um, you know, I think it even comes to, I remember watching a football game and I, I saw a female ref and she was just, um, she was just being uh, one of the line boys, yeah. you know, and it was still trending on Twitter and people were just talking about how attractive she was. And it really does go to show that she wasn't even being talked about for her skills or for her calls. Yeah. Uh, it was for her perceived level of attractiveness, which is what the narrative that we're still steering away from, you know, that women can be authoritative figures in male dominated areas and still be respected for things more so than their sexual appeal yeah yeah and i feel like we're still learning to to grow from okay. that as a society yeah uh, yeah i feel like that's a great answer and i can kind of base that on my conclusion which is i feel like um yes there's a lot of social constructs and issues in society which is carried over to affect not only female participation and growth in sport but also race We've seen it with race two, as we mentioned as well. However, I feel like with the pandemic around, it forces a lot of reflection due to the amount of time you spent at home or by yourself or just you have less to do, so you're more with your thoughts. So I feel like there will definitely be a lot of big improvement in the next few years. And hopefully there will be, because again, this is a very primitive issue in a way for sports, especially, and especially for the time we live in. This shouldn't really be a topic or an issue we have to discuss. This should just kind of be, there should already be steps in place to help change and eradicate the inequality and discrimination we see in sports even with the race says after every game i'm a huge man united fan and after every game 
one of our players is getting racially abused online completely. Some players are getting attacked yeah. in their homes. So to me, this is all very primitive. Right. And I feel like for the times we're in, we need to move passes. So I just want to say yeah. thank you for your time and a uh, great conversation. Yeah. And yeah, thank you. And hopefully I'll see you soon and you can join me next time on my amazing podcast. Yeah, uh, thank you for starting the conversation about a topic that's so important. And I, I'm so proud of you for, you know, um, challenging the, the, the norms that we have in society about this. And I feel like there's only positive change that's going to be undertaken from this as soon as people realize that like these these uh norms we have are outdated mm -hmm. and they shouldn't be used in the modern world so thank you so much for your time and i would be honored to to have to do this again thank you sebastian for producing this conversation with your sister mika I expect to continue showcasing more work of ISPM students in the future. But for now, take care and stay safe. Cheers! <laughs>